Welcome to the Value Driven Brand Podcast, where you'll learn insights on how to communicate with authenticity, deliver genuine value, and create a memorable experience across your entire customer journey, helping your business become the sought-after leader in your industry. I'm your host, Aileen Day. Now, on to the show. G'day everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Value Driven Brand Podcast. I am your host, Aileen Day. I am joined, now it's a little bit different, normally I record during the day, but tonight it's an evening recording, so I brought wine and some of my great friends. I would love to welcome Martin and Nadine from Megathing. Welcome to the Value Driven Brand Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. I know you guys have had an amazingly huge day and I really appreciate you taking the time out of your calm down, relaxing schedule uh, to join me tonight. You're most welcome. We're glad that we're um, able to join you. Oh, I'm so, I'm so privileged to call these people my friends. Now, Martin and Nadine work and own a business called Megathing and it is an office supplies, uh, e-commerce office supplies business. And on top of Megathing, they also have the distribution rights here in Australia to two other brands called Dymo Online. And for all you label freaks out there, yeah, 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 here's your, here's your peeps. And uh, for all you creatives out there, Posca art, uh, pens and textures. And uh, Nadine is fondly known as the Posca lady, which she loves. Posca Queen. Posca Queen. We've upgraded from Posca Lady to Posca Queen. Now, just to give you guys a bit of a rundown, I'm going to get the uh, wonderful duo that is Martin and Nadine to uh, talk about their journey so far. But so here's the thing, right? As you all all know by now, I get my guests to fill out a guest profile before they come onto the show. Now. Those in business would understand that that is to ensure that when they come on the show, we maximize the shit out of our time together and we make this run really smooth. But here's the issue. Nadine did it. Martin didn't. So let me tell you about all the amazing things Nadine's done. Shall we? Martin, we shall. We shall. Yes. Nadine has led an impressive career growing up in a hotelier's family led by her mum and dad in Rostock, Germany. Did I pronounce that right? Absolutely. Rostock. Mm. With an extensive background in hospitality industries, working in several of the most desired hotel groups, leading hotels in the world. That's right. We use the word desired because that's what we're all about. In the Marriott Hotel chains, Nadine has worked in Germany, London, Bern, Sydney, and the Gold Coast, good old GC represent, not only to learn other languages, but also to gain on how to wow customers. And that's going to be a really important piece that we'll talk about a little bit further on in the show and absolutely learn how to have an appreciation for other cultures. She's won uh, industry awards, employee of the year awards, uh, featured in several well-known industry publications and you guys get the pleasure of having her now here in Australia. So, and I get the pleasure of working with her regularly and calling her my friend. Nadine migrated to uh, Australia from Germany in 2002 and I am going to leave it there for a second because between Martin and Nadine, I'm going to get them to then tell us the rest of that story. So how did Megathing become Megathing? And how did Megathing, Martin and Nadine, become a thing? You two are so cute. If if you are listening to this episode, please go and hit up Aileen Day on YouTube and watch the video. (laughs) They're so adorable. All right, answer the question. How did it come about? Um, 
so Mega Thing evolved really as a rebranding uh, last year. Um, as it didn't um, offer supplies in in this industry, it's not really sexy or desired, or it doesn't um, have a attachment for a lot of because it's more a consumable item. So mm. what we um, every time we got together in meetings and done our values um, as a business and trying to streamline our standards and our processes, we found ourselves, uh, when we're doing things, we would say, well, that's a mega thing. The way we do things, this is a mega thing. And we're starting to use this more and more out of jokes or out of conversation and it became a rhythm and we, we didn't like the previous name, um, just office supplies, mega office supplies, and it just didn't have a ring. So, and we found ourselves in a group of friends and we, we had different, we had about six pages full of names mm. of what we <laughs> call ourselves. And, and then it just came, why don't you just leave it? It's a mega thing. Like, you guys, everything you do, it's a mega thing. And we go, yeah, it is. And um, we really love the idea because it represents of everything, the products we sell because we're more of a brand ambassador for mm. the products out there and we choose them quite wisely and try to source um, products that are sourced within Australia or very well known within Australia that our consumers love and enjoy. Yeah. And um, we wanted to display that they are a mega thing. If you buy from us, it's a mega thing to know that you get good value brands uh, to pay products so that's where that kind of evolved and we've felt that it's very on to be more you know not your heart magazine or paper form of looking for a catalog mm. that this name also would play quite well in the social channels uh, and yes. and we you know, people post and share now their purchases on different channels and they would now use it as a tag. It's a mega thing. It's, um, so it's, it's um, plays out really well and that was the kind of idea behind it that um, people represent themselves with it. Yeah. Can I just point something out though? I'm sure that you have been around the traps to know that a good business name doesn't necessarily mean that customers will advocate for you in the way that your customers do. Give us a little bit of insight into how uh, you just touched on it a little bit, but you, you, you just like flew over it. Give us some insight into how your customers actually advocate for some of your products and your brands. Like, it blows me when I work in customer loyalty and customer experience performance, the way your customers uh, advocate for your brand blows my mind. Talk to me about what that looks like. Thank you. Um, it's, um, I actually get chills. Um, oh, so I. <laughs> uh, on pretty much daily, just that interaction because it is so hard I find it so hard being an e-commerce business mm. where is what we stand for being fast and frictionless and you know uh, easy transaction to then have the opportunity to connect with our customers and build a long-term not that short-term tinder approach um you know, long-term relations you've heard about my dating life then but <laughs> <laughs> um, that opportunity to connect and and it's this place in our parcel and it's start just starting to 
uh, get more and more traction on all um, on all the free stores, which is amazing. Mm. That value the businesses and individual customers that purchase from us, um, but then where they get excited of receiving their parcel, and we got now, and I'll probably say it wrong, as I usually do, uh, gifies. Gifts, yes. Yeah, gifies, gifts. Um, where we mm-hmm. created them for each store, but that we uh, prompt you as such uh, the customers, for example, for Dymo Online, uh, we ask them, how do you Dymo? And um, we put a hashtag and we're now receiving, and especially in this current period we're in, Arlene, I think it's so more important that we support the businesses um, mm. among us um, that in not just enjoying the product that is, you know, well known um, of good quality and endurance that they then share their opening up and then show images on how they use that product mm. and then tag or email us and, and we get to share and do a shout out for that business. This is how you can apply that product in your environment. It's not that uh, perfect advertising image. It's not that, you know, no shadow, no black or whatever. Yeah. Put in the image. It's the real life connection. And people just get so excited. It's like for me, you know, sometimes we get excited to speak to someone, you know, famous or, you know, like yourself. <laughs> and, then to, and then you get to, um, you know, to experience you've been part of their, their journey, that customer mm. experience. And it, it doesn't just go out, it comes back. And mm. that's so valuable and I just love seeing that reaction and the wonderful thing is it goes from through the Posca store from a young kids student age mm-hmm. where they just get to experience but they're really good at their social and they share and tag and you get to celebrate their growth through art and um, yeah. it's just Amazing. I remember one of the very first videos that you sent me from one of your customers and it was for Posca pens and it was a young boy in London, I think, was it? Little English kid. And he was doing an unboxing YouTube video of his Posca art pens and I was like, what? is going on I've seen kids unbox toys but never have I seen kids get so excited about their Posca pens and it just continued from there you you guys had an experience recently where there was a young girl and it was her birthday um I vaguely remember you saying yeah that was amazing um her mum um you know, purchase that and we talked over the phone and um, about what pens to get her part of that interactions um, because it was so important to her. Um, we done like a, a photo of the parcel being packed for her, which I shared with her before it was sent. And um, she were, felt comfortable enough then to come back and say, oh, the parcel has arrived and she enjoyed it. And it's just to make a difference in someone's life and something that they, like I still remember my first ever oil colours receiving yeah. as from my parents. So I would love for many kids to experience the same, that feeling that takes you back years, yeah. years later. And I just, um, you know, again, from a from a feedback loop, you guys have absolutely nailed that full circle feedback loop and that full circle advocacy. I constantly now use uh, your businesses as case studies for my own clients 
And, um, you know, if, if you aren't on board, uh, the innovations and the little ways that Martin and Nadine work with their team, their talent um, to create a value-driven brand is just, some of it is so mind-blowingly simple that it hurts my heart that more businesses don't do it. But, I mean, personally, I work with these guys, so I'm a little bit biased. I'm really glad that they do. But uh, it is just amazing to see the difference that that makes to the customer experience at the end of the day that it is unparalleled uh, in my experience, which is far and wide. Now, speaking of value... We are the Value Driven Brand Podcast and what we want to know is from the e-commerce office supply gurus that you are, the business leaders, the uh, you know, entrepreneurs, the innovators that you are, how can we teach people listening to create their own value driven brand just like you have? What are some of the tactics that you have put in place that have helped you get where you are today. And as you will know, I ask this question long before everyone turns up to the meeting, but some of the things that you've told me and I'd love to hear more about is things like the first one I want to talk about is uh, you guys said tracking the performance of marketing initiatives against targets and advising on tactical adjustments that may improve performance. What does that mean? What does that look like? If I'm driving in my car and I hear you say that, layman's that for me, crock brain me, what does that mean? I, um, I, for us, I think it's a very strong uh, indicator to, to know your customer or customer group and serve them or deliver something to them that's meaningful to them mm. um, at the time, if it's a seasonal or if it is um, a health focus or a well-being focus. So there's a lot of products that are uh, trained, but identifying the ad if it is a long-term trend or just an add-on value. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Um, you know, there might be just a, you know, a seasonal um, product that, um, i.e. sunscreen, um, that be, you know, in winter it wouldn't be as applicable. So there is no point. So choosing product uh, that are of high quality, um, Mm -hmm. so it's not um, the people don't... That trust in, yeah. in that product given, um, but also providing as much detail as possible on the product or website itself. And Martin spends hours um, until late at night in defining um, and making sure that each product um, has an least one image um, we like to go free a minimum mm-hmm. of free product uh, also has video and references and background of that company uh, where where the product is made from what is the company so our suppliers which we really value to have that relationship that we that they represent the same values and quality we provide. If they don't do the same, then it's yeah. hard to pass that on. So Martin spend an awful, um, a great amount of time investing in that and mm-hmm. providing those details such as the, the customer ask. And I would love to um, talk about that in the um, in the next point a bit more, mm-hmm. um, but making those social advertising and then make the data to uh, drill like, it down. Yeah. Um, yeah, drilling it down and then seeing, you know, what is the area, where are they looking at when they get the video, where did they stop, um, where did they rewind. So these kind of 
data analytics help mm. us? They just look at one product and stopped, or did they um, scroll all the way down? Uh, did they look left, or did they look right? What colours um, are within the EVMs or in the on the website on the landing pages? It, everyone has a different um, feel to it. Yeah, uh, myself using that product, so the. The imagery um, itself, it's not just displaying a product. I want to see the surrounding of that product. Um, you know, it's like when you're buying a house, I suppose, that you want to see the furniture in it before you move in. <laughs> so um, probably similar to that approach. I'm curious, if we would strip that back a little bit, Martin, how is it that you... Uh, got to the point, and I know I'm sure practice plays a part in it, but what were some of the uh, precursors that you were looking for when you go searching for the right product for, you know, the right customer at the right place, right time, all that stuff? What are some of the precursors you're looking for to go, you know what, that's the right product? What things kind of make you go, "Mm -hmm, yep, that's ticking boxes for me? Being the groups that we're in, we already built supplier families and they're brands that are well known um, and the relationships have just been built over time, really. Um, so we're pretty okay with what products we wanted to range and we're at 31,000 now. Um, wow, and there's that's probably really great. 30 vendors, but I mean, one vendor could take a big chunk of that um, and they do. In terms of what Nadine talking about, the 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 basic criteria that I was that I sort of put into every when I was started this thing was do not give the customer a reason to ask a question. It should be there for them. So and that's what we try to roll out with every and the other probably the other thing I did was create that shopping experience virtually there. So the, the, there's just no requirement for another question. It, it should be fleshed out to the max and you know, we've I mean, we don't have any forward-facing, face-to-face um, salespeople on the road, so we <clears throat> there isn't that opportunity to ex- exchange that type of uh, relationship. Mm-hmm. So it is, it is a commercial one, and, and this is why we're doing it, fleshing out our products with multiple camera uh, camera photos, um, mm-hmm. and do three-dimensional, but that's sort of getting a bit old now. Um, product. Uh, depending on a product page, it'll be just talking about the products and applications. So it's more of a solution. This is mm. where you'd use why this is good. Um, and like Nadine says, we can analyse that and make decisions based on that information and our interpretation. But it, it really is, It's I'm a, a keep, keep it sort of a simple as person. Um, a what, sorry? <laughs> a what? I'll keep it simple. Person. <laughs> I think the sound cut out a little bit. <laughs> um, just keep it, just keep things as simple as possible. And I think this is where you'll see this conversation will be a lot more centric to what Nadine brings to the table. And then taking it back a step further, I think the reason that we're, we're doing so well is that we stick to our own lanes. So I'm the, the nuts and bolts and the, the mechanical um, drive behind it. So I could be the V12 in a car but the car is a Lamborghini. So, and this is what this is what Nadine brings Hello. to the. <laughs> oh, my heart. Um, yeah. So the, she's the reason why there's so much um, love for the Mega Thing brand. Um, I mean, I don't think customers realise when Nadine rings up at 7 p.m. at night on a Friday, asking about a Posca colour that might be out of stock. They're actually speaking to the CEO of the company, and this is how much this person cares about their customers and um, what that brand represents. So, I mean, if you want to talk about e-commerce and how things actually work, well, this is a totally different show for the, the, the <laughs> driven psyche. But, um, if, if, yeah, this is why I'm sort of just sitting. I think between the two of you, you are a formidable duo and uh, it most certainly is. It's a lovely... Uh, combination to see because you do incidentally complement each other so well and um, 
And and clearly, if you didn't, you wouldn't be having the uh, massive successes that you are at the moment. And I know COVID, you guys would be, and we'll come back to the tactics in a second, but you guys would be one of the very few businesses uh, in Australia or even in the country, sorry, in the globe, who have uh, come through this uh, whole pandemic situation on top. And and it's no surprise. Clearly, the products that you sell are essential service products. But I love that despite everything, the tenacity that the two of you have um, shown, you know, Martin was having uh, stand-up arguments with suppliers about trying to supply um, lesser-grade quality hand sanitizer. And in light of that, Nadine was out on the front line with the customers explaining the importance of supporting our local brands and just the different uh, combinations of one-two sucker punches that you guys have had to uh, experience in the last six months and yet you keep, you know, getting back up and fighting hard and still not even just fighting, like just every day producing that wow factor, uh, it just blows my mind. Like, seriously, if anyone needs a holiday after this, it's got to be you guys and your team. It is phenomenal to watch from, you know, unfortunately I'm over here in Melbourne and uh, I wish I could. There's been times where I was about to get on a plane and come and pick and pack for you just to help you get through those orders or answer emails just to help, uh, you know, that flow of customer experience. But you guys have managed and your team and your talent have managed to get through all of it. And it is an absolute hats off to all of you, but most certainly to the both of you uh, for everything that you've achieved. It is phenomenal. Thank you. Thank you. And I say that from my, my heartest of hearts, I, I don't think we could have done it with um, your support and your <laughs> I didn't even pay them to say that. <laughs> but just um, being able to share and, and just to rebalance and regroup ourselves in those challenging and um, it's a different type of challenge and we're very... We are so thankful that we've gone through this, um, but without really good friendship behind it, like yourself, um, I, I don't, and, I'm, and we mean that from our heart, that we are so thankful for you. We really are. No, this is not why we did this podcast, by the way, for everyone listening going, God, are you done? <laughs> no, we're not. Sit back down. <laughs> All right, now, enough of the lovey-dovey stuff. Let's get back to business. So the second thing that you talked to me about when it comes to identifying how to deliver their own value-driven brand was uh, one that is really, really close to my heart as well, is identifying inquiries or issues that have been experienced through social media and CRM platforms and turning them into a better customer experience. So I know how you've done that. Talk to me and talk to the people listening on about how they can tactically do that, how they can low barrier entry, get in and start changing that customer experience based on their feedback and inquiries that come through. Absolutely. I, a lot of people get quite scared and heartened and it is really confronting to um, have to deal with it. Um, but the main thing is that customer could have decided not to tell you. Yes, they're ranting on and some of them are behind the keyboard and as we call them sometimes keyboard warriors and shout out loud and it goes, oh, colourful language at times. But at some point when you take that away and look at what the issue is or what the problem could be that that in itself then provides an opportunity at times they just wanted to be heard and listen acknowledge and then to be able to go and say 
oh, wow, that, that hurts. But to then go, he actually told me. So if he experienced that, how many others may feel the same way? So to then turn that as an opportunity and then I've really thanked them for it and make the phone call most of the time myself and and let them know. I have read it. Um, We're really sorry that we have let you down, but it's really appreciate on how we can do it better. Well, it may not help you now and, you know, you may not want to deal with us in the future. Um, perhaps, but um, to 90%, these these customers are going, oh, wow, you actually listened, you actually identified that this could make the experience better. And there was um, a customer on our uh, demo online, and it was a checkout experience mm-hmm. and with the product, and I said, why isn't that done? And it's, it just seems like for me and just going, what is that customer talking about? And then when you go through sometimes, because you update your websites and you update images and sometimes certain links get broken, mm-hmm. um, that process. And when you don't, that's another very tactical <laughs> quality insurance. Check your back links. Yes, and go through everything. So that's one of our mega thing way we do now. Every time we do something or install something new, we make sure how's the customer experience. So we pretend or we invite friends to uh, do certain processes and be like the user tester for us and say, how does it feel? Does it do what it's meant to do? Mm -hmm. So for this, customer it was such a value added to us because a lot of us other customer would have experienced the same way and so we were able to turn it around and um I I think he appreciated that um Mm. and how amazing that a customer who took the time to tell you what they thought uh which they didn't have to do they could have gone to another supplier of which there are enough I wouldn't say plenty, but there are enough and you would never have known it would have happened to another customer. They would have left and then another customer and they would have left. But ultimately this guy went, you know what, actually that go let someone know. And you've got the choice as a business owner and leader in business to decide how you're going to have an attitude towards that. And as far as I'm concerned and thankfully you guys agree, you know, this stuff is a gift It's a goddamn gift. No matter how raging they are, no matter how pissed off they are or furious or how petty you might think they are, they didn't have to say a word. And as Nadine's just explained, it actually, even though it did initially sound a little bit petty, when you look into it, you realise, hang on a minute, this is actually a real gap in our experience. And now you have the opportunity to say to your web team, okay, hang on a minute, we're going to add another part to this checklist. Whenever a change happens, here's another part of the process that needs to be completed to make sure that customer experience stays wow. And wow for the right reasons, not mother trucking wow, what the hell did that just do? Like mother trucking wow, what else can I buy? Right? So I love that. And I think that as a customer, one thing that I always say to you guys and and any of my other clients is, you know, at the end of the day, they are just human. They're just human. They have shit days. They have great days. Sometimes they take them out on you. A great opportunity in that, Eileen, as well, where, you know, through social, where they are the keyboard warriors. But when you take that time and to call them and and say, hey, we're here, we've seen it, we are so, so they, they're very taken back because I don't think this is very common. And I think we feel as business owners we get beaten and 
you know, uh, discouraged where we should say, oh, no, let's need it to the head. Do we have an answer? Do we have a solution mm. of are we moving forward that this doesn't happen again? Because in real, we do want that mistakes happen mm. because they provide opportunities for us to make it better and to provide a standard and not leave any loopholes for for things to occur in the process. So, and, and some really clever person once told us, we're not just doing it for that one person, we do it for everyone else who may read it. <laughs> so... Um, Who's that? She sounds yeah. so wise. <laughs> Miss Ali. <laughs> just saying, if you need help understanding how to manage your customer feedback and how to make sure that they uh, say nice things about you in the future, feel free to hit me up. I've got some experience. I love that. And I think you both do such a fantastic job because so much of what you do already comes from your heart. You're already genuine about caring about the outcome and not just the outcome for your business, but the outcome for that customer as well is so important to the both of you that it. You know, I love when you guys send me your pre-responses and I'm like, oh, what am I doing with this? You don't need me. <laughs> you got this. So, you know, which just goes to show you're on the same page as far as, you know, how to create that value for that customer going forward. And I think that is just an amazing skill that so many businesses can learn with practice and, if we are willing to get rid of our ego, because our ego gets in the way a lot in these situations, we get uh, deflective and we blame other people and we go into, you know, fuck you mode. And that is not how any of this is going to help your business create a value-driven brand. So get ready to have some hard conversations, get ready to face up to people who might sound scary but do it with the heart and the genuineness that these guys do and it turns around very quickly because people see that and that's what they're looking for. As Nadine said, there are not many businesses doing it so you're actually about to create your own wow as well. Fantastic advice. Now, the last thing that you've talked to us about is building long-term relationships with customers and your suppliers and your internal team. What does that, like, you know, we can say, oh, yeah, I've got a great relationship with my suppliers. But, Martin, you touched on it before. You know, how does that relationship, I, I understand how relationships generally start in business, but how do you maintain them? How do you build them? so that they are continuing to be successful for as long as you've now been in this business? I think it's, um, I mean, I built the rapport with our suppliers as my parents had, were in the industry prior to that. So they've seen me grow up through the industry. Um, and, I mean, that, that's helped a lot. But in terms of I've run this um, in total entirety, it's 10 years, mega things been operation and transition in the last sort of two years. You treat your suppliers like, we're, we're talking there, we're, we're, we're building that relationship. And once again, like Nadine said earlier, we're not here for the, the Tinder approach. We, we are here to build that long-term relationship. I mean, when we, we don't really, we're not very, we're, I would not say that we're needy at all on our suppliers. Um, we are very self-sufficient. I mean, you try and ask your supplier family for images of every angle of their product. Um, it's just not, it's not there. So that's why Mega did their own videography and, and images and built their own, um, uh, we call it fleshing of products, but enrichment of the product. Um, so you can ask, but all I really ask for now from suppliers is a price list and what we buy it for. Uh, and then I take care of the rest of my team that handles all the fleshing. But, but the, when we have, we don't really have meetings. When we do have meetings, prior to COVID, um, it was more just a, the figures are great, you're up, how's the kids or how's family life, what's, how's your latest hobby or whatever. Yeah, it's, it's, and it's, it's more of a, a friendship 
And um, the commercial thing exists and it. it's that does remain professional and in, in business. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is, it's just the forged relationships. Um, what's going to be interesting is the industry is relatively mature in terms of dealer owners uh, and external uh, sales rep within these vendor or the supplier family. Mm-hmm. So it's going to, with this digitization of, of, um, of the way it's going, it's just going to be very, it's obviously going to be different moving forward. But we are the, I guess I'm probably, but it's, uh, <laughs> we're probably the youngest dealers. <laughs> this is where the wisdom comes in, Aileen. But no, we're, 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 we are probably one of the youngest de- uh, operators in this industry. So it's, it's just going to be, but you know, in 20 years' time, we're going to be the older ones. But anyway, anyway I'm saying just the transition. So how does that? Okay, so that's your that's your supplier relationships. How do you guys go about maintaining and fostering relationships with, uh, like your internal customer being your team, your talent, and and there as well your external customer. We kind of talked about your external customer a little bit before because, you know, you guys have such an amazing relationship with your external customer that they go out of their way to. Uh, unbox their products and tag you guys on social media and use your custom-made gifts on Instagram and TikTok. <laughs> the, the mega thing team love TikTok, so <laughs> make sure you follow them. And um, But so how does that look like? How does fostering relationships look like then from an internal customer point of view? It's probably hard to ascertain what that looks like because we live it day to day. I mean, I think the biggest... Oh, shit, we're doing it right, is we've got a review saying, gee, I wish I worked there. Now, Aww. for someone to say our business, I thought that's just like the um, Pier Street Markets at Seattle. You, read, you know that? Oh, yeah, place? the fish. Fish throw the fish, yeah. yeah. That's, uh, they, they said there in a chapter, you know, our, we, our people that work for us don't even want to get paid. They want to be here for the experience, you know, or they'll work for nothing or, or whatever it may be. But that's, I mean, that was a bit of a, wow, we, we're doing the right thing. And you don't actually look back and go, oh, we're doing it because you've got nothing to compare it to. You know, mm-hmm. this is right. Um, but, yeah, I thought that was – that's not, not that we're going to stop and say, oh, well, we've done it, we can <laughs> move on. But um, it's, a, it's a good little milestone to say, I think that's a desirable place to work. Yeah. But we must be right internally. What, what is it, do you think, about that work culture that makes – outsiders go, you know what, I want to be a part of that team. What is it that you guys are tactically doing that the team are sticking around to get more of? I um, I think that adds really value. I was one of the most vocal pointers there that the team is part of the process. So everything we do, they have the opportunity to um, be involved in that decision making, mm-hmm. so is um, you know we we need to communicate um, an email and we want to standardize standardize it. Um, what what is it the pointers that need to be included, and mm-hmm. then we uh, make it you know, I'll call it the warm and fuzzy so that it is like a real communication without being too, that it sounds like a you know, human connection. A human connection. Um, if it is from the packaging and, and I said, you know, you need to look at the order you have in front of you, that is an opportunity for you to connect with that customer. So looking at the location from where they ordered so a lot of victorians at the moment order so we know in what situation they are in and being in the lockdown that um you know there's they the team has the opportunity to write on the card thinking of you stay safe um you know those kind of lit it might be just something small but they they see that as a chance for them to be part and to connect with that customer. And it's very clear to us without them, we couldn't do it. Like we need their help in order to bring our vision alive or mm-hmm. our 
that it becomes alive. So they're very uh, a crucial part of this daily operation. And we we do um, while it is restricted at the moment, uh, doing our uh, huddles daily, uh, discuss uh, the trust pilot feedbacks we've received. Uh, from each channel and we share them and uh, as well as any, um, you know, negative pointers, we share them and yeah. we say, this is where I think we went wrong and, and this is where I think we can improve to, to not let it happen. What are our processes we are currently doing and where, why did it happen? How, you know, were we rushed or were we whatever it might be um, mm. that we use this and use them to be part of that innovation of that problem solving yeah. and create that ownership. Um, I am such a fan of that because, you know, exactly what you just said, if they are a part of that journey, the ownership and the engagement is expected to be so much higher than you know, if you're in a situation where, you know, down the line this decision came trickling and saying you will do this, well, I don't want to do that. Explain to me why I should do that. But this team, they're the ones who are like, hey, we should do this, which makes so much difference when it comes to leadership and fulfilling that vision and purpose in your business, I promise you. So get the team on board is basically what Martin and Nadine are saying. <laughs> And, and, you also, too. and I, I think as well, we celebrate when mistakes are happen and someone else picks it up. So they would go, oh, you know, there's only five folders, but there should be five boxes of 10. Um, so we go and we go and we do the shout out, great pickup from Geordie. And then we all clap. <gasps> and we, we make it a celebration so that no one feels frightened of making a mistake, but more like, oh, someone there is taking the, like the checks or, yeah, it works really well. And I'm so proud of, of that. They're not, they love sharing and they are so supportive of each other yeah. and uh, encouraging that uh, positive um, engagement with making mistakes and picking things up, but it's them. It's, yeah, it's, it's not us, it's them, but yeah. I celebrate. And that's such an amazing culture to have as well, where you can, you know, have them feel like that autonomy is, uh, and, and Martin and I have talked about you know, autonomy in the team a lot, um, you know, but that autonomy is clearly something that they feel that they don't have to run to the boss all the time, that they've got this and they trust each other to have each other's back as well. And uh, that is definitely, you know, if you've got people uh, knocking on the door going, I wish I worked here, that's obviously something that is now being seen outside of that workplace culture as well. Now, Martin and Nadine, before I let you guys go, uh, Firstly, I want to say they have some amazing insights to business, to how you guys have scaled the growth, the wow, the way that your customers advocate for your brands is just phenomenal. If you are, after you've listened to this podcast, I implore you to get on Instagram and uh, or Facebook, probably more Instagram at the moment, and check out Megathing or Postcard or Dymo online and just Look at how the customers blow up when they get products delivered from these businesses. It is the most heartwarming thing. I love it so much. Uh, but before I let you go, now everyone will know by now that I ask all of my guests to give me one song that gets them pumped up for anything when they need it. And Nadine gave me a great song. Uh, do you remember what that song was, Nadine? Um, a Pocket Full of sun Sunshine by um, Natasha, Natasha Bedingfield. Absolutely. Now, because Martin didn't do his bio, Martin also didn't give me a song. So before we started this interview, I made Martin give me a song. What was that song, Martin? 
That was Barry White, and I can't get enough of you. <laughs> now, I think Martin didn't quite understand what I meant when I said get you pumped for anything. I didn't mean that. But <laughs> nonetheless, that is the song. Those are the songs that are now being officially put onto the Alien Day official playlist for all of our listeners for the Valley Driven Brand podcast to get their hands on and whenever they need to get pumped up for anything, uh, thanks, Martin, uh, you now have a eclectic selection to choose from. So with that, I want to thank my amazing guests again, my friends, my colleagues, my clients. Uh, you are absolute business heroes to me and it is my privilege to have the opportunity to talk to you about how you do business and how you deliver a value-driven brand. Thank you, Martin. Thank you, Nadine, for joining me tonight. Really? Thank you. And on behalf of Team Megathing, uh, by the way, say hi to the team for me. Tell them my hat goes off to them. The work they've done over this COVID period is phenomenal and they all deserve a pat on the back. Uh, but for everyone listening on, if you would like to get more information about Martin and Nadine's businesses, Megathing, Postcard or Dymo Online, you can either follow them on their socials or you can go to valuedrivenbrand.com and they will be there on the uh, page as well as all of their socials and this recording and the video as well. So from me to you, to you, to you, to you, and to all of you out there, till next time, make sure you're going out and creating value for someone and uh, have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Value Driven Brand Podcast with your host, Aileen Day. Is your business struggling to become known as the sought-after leader in your industry? Access our value-driven brand quiz and special three-part podcast series to identify the gaps and what you need to focus on first. Go to www.valuedrivenbrand.com forward slash podcast series. That's valuedrivenbrand.com forward slash podcast series. Tune in next time where we discuss more ideas on how you can deliver your own value-driven brand.